Hello everyone and welcome to the Life Day Live podcast. I'm the host Nina and in this episode I have a conversation with Tolin. We're going to talk about the topic of growing up abroad and Tolin will explain how the countries she lived in shaped her interest in civil engineering. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm very happy to be doing this episode with you because we're going to talk about a topic that we're both interested in. I mean, that we both experienced. So I will just do this little clarification before we continue because I don't think I really explained it in detail in other episodes. But I um, am French, but I left France when I was eight years old. And I lived in Mexico, the US, Germany, and now the Netherlands. So um, I grew up most of my life abroad. And Tulin also experienced what it's like to, to move abroad and to move from one country to the other. So this will be the main topic of today's episode. And yeah, it's going to be a nice conversation. Tulin, do you want to say quickly how we know each other? Because I always start the episode by explaining how I know the guest. Yeah, so... Basically, uh, we went to the same school when we were in Germany together. I think that was back in 2016. So we met each other during school. We both went to the same school. And then I think we started talking. And that's how I first met you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you arrived one year after me, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we went to high school together. And we had a lot of conversations about this topic actually so it's nice that today we're doing a podcast you know an episode about it Tulin do you just want to introduce yourself quickly before we dive in the episode yeah okay so I'm originally from Syria I was born there and then I moved to Qatar when I was two years old and I lived there till I was around 15 years old and then I moved to Germany And yeah, that's where I met you as well. Mm -hmm, yeah, and now you're at university. So for yeah, people who want to know. Yeah, now I'm at a university in Hamburg. Okay, nice. We both lived in Stuttgart when we met, but then you moved basically the, the year we graduated, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we both met in Stuttgart. That's where I did school there as well. And then I moved because of my university. So then I moved to Hamburg yeah, the year we graduated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, like I said, today we're going to talk about your experience with growing up abroad. Many people experience it differently. So I think it's interesting to have different perspectives on that topic. To make it um, easier, maybe for people who are listening, I think we can go chronologically. So you said that you were born in Syria. Do you have memories or not really of that time period? No, no, not really. Mm -hmm. I like my early memories were from it like when I was living in Qatar so I don't remember much of living there I don't even remember living there I just feel like I only remember my life in Qatar mm -hmm. yeah that's all I remember okay so would you say then that your home is Qatar I know that this is a very tricky question because myself when people ask me where are you from what's your home I'm like okay I don't know but At least before you moved to Germany, Qatar, did you see it as your home or is it a bit more complicated than that? Yeah, I remember talk, having those conversations with you because mm -hmm. it's very, very hard because you're born somewhere, you're raised somewhere else. So it's very hard to like distinguish a place like you might be born somewhere, but you don't consider that place as your home. And for me, I always found Qatar as like the place I, I grew up and I was raised in. So I was like kind of I referred to that place as as home for like that's literally what I remember. Everything I remember and my previous memories were from Qatar. And that's that to me it was considered home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So before we talk more about the concept of home, could you tell us maybe what your earliest memories were in Qatar and also what type of life you had there so for example in what school did you go so I'm asking a lot of questions right now so maybe we can go uh, step by step yeah so basically when I look back 
at my life in Qatar, I honestly feel like that was the place that I re like remember everything from. I didn't know any other like place. I didn't live anywhere else at that point. I was just, that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. that's I went to school there and uh, I stayed there I stayed in my school for the whole time since pre like kindergarten and I stayed there up until 10th grade and that's when I moved so I feel like every time I look back at my life there it was literally just what you expect from like any childhood life I grew up in the same place I, I knew I, everything I knew was there like the mm -hmm. friends family my whole life everything I knew was just there I didn't know anything else and I would say it was just very normal I would say like it was just no yeah so you didn't really think about it if I understand correctly then yeah so no I, I honestly mm -hmm. didn't even think that I would look back at it and I didn't think much of it because I didn't know anything else mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that was that was where I, I was raised and I only knew there and it was like comfortable for me I I would say I was really really grateful um, to have lived in a place where I felt safe and I felt uh, like it was my home mm -hmm. yeah okay and also because I can imagine that we're coming back a bit to that idea of home but I mean people will have very different definitions of what home is but to a lot of people home for example might be where your family is you know and um, how was it in Qatar did you have like most of your family that lived in Qatar or not everyone from your family lived there Honestly, I would say, yeah, just my family, like my parents and my my sister lived there. Those are like my family that I knew. But the 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 thing about the going back to what you call home, I the reason I did call it home was because I feel like I met people that were friends that turned into like family. Mm -hmm. And now I just feel like I when I look back at it, I look at those people like they were family because even though we're not related by blood, But the whole journey, I was with them. And so for me, they were family. And that's why I call like the place home. Mm -hmm. Even though okay. I wasn't born there, but I was raised there. And I didn't have like family by like blood. But I felt like I gained life um, relationships with people that became my family. Okay. But you didn't have that sensation that you were missing a part of your family I don't know if that's the way to say it like was there family members that you knew that you had met that you couldn't see because you were living far from them for example yeah I know what you mean but I felt like I knew the people that I, that were my friends and that I feel like they became family with time I felt like I knew them more than I knew my own family that was mm -hmm. like living Okay, yeah, yeah, it kind of comes back to what you were saying of like, you didn't even think maybe about the concept of home at that time, because it was just like, okay, it's normal. And I'm just, you know, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, it was that that was normal for me. Yeah, okay. And what kind of school system did you did you attend? Um, I was in an international school. Basically, I lived in Qatar. But I went to uh, like an all international school. Um, and so it was, I think the system was a mix of a British and an American system together. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was like mostly English oriented. Okay. But so for people that might wonder, what is then your mother tongue? My mother tongue is Arabic, mm -hmm. but because I went to an international school the whole entire time I was in Qatar, I would consider English to be like at the top or like I can speak it better. I feel okay. like mm -hmm. I would be able to describe or my emotions and my feelings through English better than I would in Arabic. Okay, so I'm guessing then if I ask you the question, was it hard to go to school in English? You would say no, because it's again what you were used to since you were in exactly. kindergarten. Yeah. I was used to it. And even though Arabic was my mother tongue and I would speak it at home, because my school studies and my subjects were in English, I would feel like I knew the terminologies to describe myself in better than in Arabic. 
Mm, yeah, okay. But when you were like a toddler, it wasn't complicated to have those two languages at the same time, if that makes sense. I, yeah, I know what you mean, because when you're trying to balance both languages out, is it is hard. I feel like for the longest time, English was dominating more than Arabic. I don't think I spoke Arabic much except at home. That's all mm -hmm. I remember from the time there. Like I didn't really speak it unless I was at home. Okay, so it's nice that we talked about your life in Qatar because it's where you spent most of your life and it's where you considered home from what you said. But at some point you moved to Germany. Could you tell us how you felt when your parents told you that you were moving to Germany? Because I know me, when my parents told me I was moving to Mexico, I did not react well. So it's interesting to see maybe how you reacted. Yeah, honestly... When I left Qatar that summer, I had no idea that I was not going back. Oh, really? You didn't know? Yeah, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I left thinking I was going on a family vacation <laughs> and I never, I never <laughs> went back. So it was even more shocking because in my mind, it was just a normal trip. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought it was seven days and then I was going back and then I was starting school and just continuing my life from there like I always thought it would, because that's how it went for every year. Every year I'd go on vacation in summer and then I'd go back. And mm -hmm. so I never thought, I, I'd never crossed my mind that I was, this was the family vacation that I was actually not going back to my, like my normal life from. Mm -hmm. And so the first time I ever knew it was, it's, it's, I don't think I ever told this to anyone, <laughs> but the first time I ever knew was, um, it was, I think the last day of staying there, my parents just were like, yeah, we're not going to go back and we're just going to stay. And this is this is life right now. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was a shock because I was like, no, I and also um, I would say because I because it was a family vacation in my mind, I wasn't processing it because I thought it was just holiday. You know, I, it was I was enjoying it because it was holiday. I, di I didn't hit me reality until September came around when schools started opening. And then I was like, yeah, this is, I'm not going back. Yeah. So you didn't have time to prepare. Basically, you just kind no, of I came didn't. in front of you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, I don't know if that you were prepared months for it before, or like your parents talked to you months before the move happened. But for me, I was already in the place before I knew I was moving. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I've never had that happen to me, but I can imagine that it's hard also because then I guess you don't get to say goodbye to your friends and everyone in Qatar. Mm -hmm. It was it was like shock because I don't think I officially said like I I don't think I officially had the, that opportunity to be like I'm moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And do you want to tell us just quickly why you moved to Germany? Well, <laughs> it was um, mostly like so many aspects of it played into role part of it was my dad's job mm -hmm. yeah okay how we were able to go was also like my dad processing the papers and all of these things out okay and so you're told that you're going to move in germany during the summer school starts in september what happens during that time between like you being told you were staying there and school starting Yeah, so it was summer vacation. I was still trying to enjoy some of it. But at the same time, because around August, I remember, yeah, around, around the month of August, students in Germany would go back to school. At least in, in Stuttgart and the South, I would see students slowly going back to school in August. And then I was, okay, then what's going to happen with me? Where am I going to go? I, at that point, we didn't know what school I was going to go to we didn't even research it was like all so sudden you know it's like sometimes you have time to like research where you're going to live where which school you're going to we didn't have that because it was just such a it was a shock mm -hmm. and um yeah so uh I, those months I it was kind of like so confusing because I I didn't know what was going to happen in a few months or which school I was going to go to I obviously had some some like some thoughts I was thinking And I remember just thinking, um, I don't know how I'm going to adapt. Like, I remember questioning myself. I was like, this is so, this is going to be new. I don't know how it's going to work out. I have no idea. But I, even though I was terrified, like I was really, really scared, 
um, because in movies they prepare you that this is like not an easy experience. I feel like at that time I was watching so many movies and I was like thinking this is not going to be easy. I already had a thought in mind that it was going to be bad before it even started. So you did have assumptions, yeah. I already had an assumption and I thought this could be, this could not be so easy. It's going to have challenges before I even started. Like this was just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also when you move, when you're older, that also plays a role. I mean, it's different if you move when you're like eight and when you're, you were 15 when you moved? I was 15, yeah. 15, yeah. And in high school, but at least the change that you didn't have to adapt to too much okay that was a weird sentence but it's the educational system because you went we went to an international school so that was similar right to the school you were in in Qatar or was it even different so that's what I thought I thought that I was gonna go to even when we decided what school I was gonna go to and it was the international school I thought okay it's gonna be similar because I was like already used to it And um, yeah, I thought I thought I was already prepared for it, that it wasn't going to be so different to me, but it was a totally different system that I was not prepared for. Mm -hmm. And even though it was an international school, it was a system that I didn't know how to work with because my, my previous system was mostly exam oriented, you do exams and it kind of what you said, you said like France also had the same like system of just you you study for the exam and you do this and that's it yeah yeah I mean you can see me right now I'm smiling because I'm like (laughs) this is exactly what I experienced like going from exams to like I mean it's international school so the IB they call it like critical thinking essays and I remember when I arrived they were like okay you have to do an essay for next week or something and I was like what is an essay I don't know what an essay is you know yeah see that was like a shock for me because (laughs) before I only wrote essays that were 300 400 words and now they're asking me to essays like 2000 really be and not just essays on in general it was essays that were I don't, I don't know like we did we did different essays and it was a lot of critical thinking a lot of theory of knowledge a lot of things that I wasn't prepared for and I didn't know how to do that and especially at an older age like I didn't know how now I was going to adapt to this new system where I was exam oriented my whole Mm -hmm. time like the whole time I was in Qatar yeah 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 you might think that it's hard to adapt to a system when it's a different language I mean, I had that, for example, me when I moved from Mexico to the US, I didn't speak English, but I went to an American school and it was really hard because I didn't speak English. But now when I moved to Germany, for example, I was like, okay, well, it's fine. Now I speak English, so it's going to be okay. But at the end, then the system was so different that it was also a bit hard to um, get used to the academic system. So the essays, the assignments and everything. So I totally understand what you mean of like, even if you speak the language, that doesn't mean that it's going to be like super easy and that you're just going to yeah. understand all of it, you know? I, I remember talking to people and um, like in Germany, they said to me, it's probably easier for you because you already know English and then you just entered the system that was just English and you didn't enter, for example, a fully German system and like the language. Um, but at the same time, it was still so hard, even though it was in English, just because the system was totally different. And I wasn't used to writing essays like every every week. I wasn't used to that. Like that was totally new for me. Yeah. So the first year of high school, how long did it take you approximately to get used to the academic system? Like at the end, how did you experience school? Because it is still part of like moving abroad because of course school you know especially when you're a child or an adolescent plays an important role so um, was it um, challenging or how did you experience it you mean like the academics like how when did I get used to yeah the, more the academics mm-hmm. part of it mm-hmm. I think I honestly I, I remember talking to you about this the first year is always really really hard and it was very, very challenging. I don't think I really got used to it until I reached 12th grade. Mm-hmm. That was really when I kind of got the hang of how things would go, just because I also spent that summer holiday between 11th and 12th grade studying a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I remember starting my some of my, ex, my extended essay, like for people who don't know, uh, it's just an essay that you have to write. Um, I think it's 
four thousand words was it four thousand i think so yeah <laughs> so you just have to you choose a topic and you write the essay about it and for me i started it even during my summer because i wanted to try to prepare for it i wanted to use the summer as an opportunity to prepare for those things that i had no idea about so i feel like that's where coming into 12th grade, I felt a bit more prepared for the academic because I also spent my summer trying to prepare for it. Okay. Yeah, in grade 12. So grade 12 is the basically the last year of high school. We had a lot of work. Basically, I remember having assignments every week and then also applying for universities. And yeah, there's a lot of project. I mean, the goal of this episode is not to explain how like the IB works and all the projects that you have to do. But yeah, to summarize it, it was there was a lot of work to do in a year, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I felt like that was the year I had to do most work, but it was also so for some people, 11th grade during that time, 11th grade was easier to, than 12th grade. But for me, 11th grade was still as hard because that was the year I was trying to adapt. But people like, like during the IB, people would say 11th grade was easier. And it's true. Like it is easier because you still not you still don't have so many projects to work on. But for me, it was really, really hard because it was the first year. And then 12th grade was when I adapt. I felt like I got the... I got how the system would work but then I was like I, I had to now focus on like all those projects that I had to work on mm-hmm. so it was like it was I feel like those two years were extremely fast and so much work yeah because two years is quite fast I mean it's yeah. only yeah two years of of school um and apart from school so now if we talk about Germany how was it to move from Qatar to Germany because I've never been to Qatar but I can imagine that the culture is quite different and yeah I mean the the environment is different so how was it for you? Yeah um, true everything when I moved to Germany I knew that it was going to be a very very different culturally mindset just how things work was Mm -hmm. going to be different and uh, that was where I was kind of um I was kind of worried just because of that um um, and that was before I picked a school that was before I I, like I really went to school that was like the assumption at that time that I knew was going to be difficult and that was where I was worried because it was different culture different mindsets and when you move you want to try to find an easy way to to adapt to the whole process and I wanted, I didn't know how I was going to do that. Was I going to be able to find people? Was I going to be able to find the place where I feel like I'm accepted? And I feel, I felt like the only way I was going to be able to adapt to feel, to be in a place where I feel I'm accepted for every, like, you know, just in general. Because it was a, it was kind of like, culturally it was a culture shock everything's different you know it's just totally different and it's different when you come on vacation because you're just here for a a bit of time and then you go back especially with the language like I wasn't able to speak the local language so when you're on vacation it's just okay now temporarily you're just enjoying time but then in the long run you really have to try to find ways to go about those challenges yeah yeah like it can be little things just going to the supermarket and always being like oh actually I don't speak uh, German for example you know and then it kind of reminds you that you're like foreigner you know so for you the main challenge then was to adapt basically to but would you say to Germany like the German culture or just like adapt in general general like I felt like wherever I moved like whatever country whether it was Europe or like America or wherever it was just in general going to be hard because it was just different cultures Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. and so that was your kind of assumption when you arrived and how did it actually go then in real life like any other situation or any decision you know that you know that there's going to be challenges and you know that there are going to be opportunities and the first challenge was as we said I didn't know how I was going to find a place where I could fit in and find like a friends and just you know like it's all part of the like trying to adapt process Mm -hmm. and um, so that was my assumption and then when I went in I was 
everyone's experience is different. And as we said, like everyone has different ways of like how things go when they move. Some people is good. Some people isn't like so easy. But for me, I was like grateful enough to have people who I met that knew the situation that I was in and kind of just having like small talks, talking about like how different but similar we could be, how different our cultures could be. Like I remember talking to you and it's so crazy just how similar, even like I never thought we would find similarities with mm -hmm. culture, but we did, you know? And it's just, it's, it's crazy when you start having those talks with people, just how much your, your stories can be different but still be similar. Looking back at it, I feel like I was so fortunate enough to have those conversations with people. And then after having those conversations, my mindset kind of changed because the first few months is really, really hard. You don't know what you want or like how things are going to go. But my mindset changed from it's okay that I'm different. I'm actually being embraced that I'm different here because everyone's like so interested in like stories that I thought would be normal. And now when I'm telling those stories, everyone's like so interested. So I found it so interesting, the fact that like my mindset changed to feeling good that I was like different and that we were all so different. And then I went from being scared and, and shy to actually finding a place where I wasn't only feeling that I was actually happy that we were all like different cultures and different people. But at the same time, I was like being creative because we were talking about those topics. And we also talked about so many things that you wouldn't really think you would talk about with someone who was similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so great to be in an environment with people that come from different cultures, you know, and uh, you realize that even though people might come from countries that are like very far away from each other you find a lot of similarities actually between yeah. countries and between cultures and between experiences and yeah so I, I totally understand like, even I remember we would have talks about just and when I say like creative I mean we would really have talks about you know stereotypes that would happen what we thought I was also like really at the beginning worried that there would be those stereotypes that people would only ha already have like uh, they would only they would already have a picture an image of how one could be before mm -hmm. actually like really meeting them and so I felt like those conversations was really like were really interesting to have yeah, so, yeah. yeah did you experience stereotypes when you were in Germany so like in the streets for example or any place I remember one time we went uh, to Starbucks you and I and one time there were like French people talking about us and then I understood and I was like okay those people are talking about us and the other time it was like people talking Arabic about us and then it was just funny because when we were going out together then it was like you know even in little things you could find like cultural aspects that were also interesting yeah yeah I remember like when you say stereotypes I feel like we all kind of did in a way like let's say for example when we talk on the phone because it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the local language when we talk on the phone that's when I really felt it because I would get stares for talking on the phone in Arabic and uh, that was like that was I think one of the the times I I felt like I felt that talking in Arabic was something weird because I didn't feel that before because I would just talk freely And now I was like talking in a different language and people would stare. And that's that was when I felt it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like you felt that as well. I feel like with all of us, we felt that when we talk in a different language. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you you kind of feel like everyone is listening to you, you know, when you're like talking on the phone in another language and everyone is just silent, you know, next to you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's where I started feeling it. Just stares on me talking in Arabic when I never thought it was a problem before or like mm -hmm. a weird thing before yeah but then in the everyday life you didn't have other experiences regarding I think or... I didn't because mm -hmm. I wasn't in an English a German school mm -hmm. I think yeah. it was here the fact that I was in an international school 
for people it was different for some people it was different because they directly go into maybe at a young age and they could directly go to the school the the local schools like for example german schools but i went to an international school the first two years so i wasn't really in situations where i would feel that so much because the only time i would was on the train on like through transport and the groceries that was the only time otherwise i was like speaking in english at school so yeah of course when you're the only one who is international or like comes from another country you do feel like maybe you have to i don't know if it's like adapt more but you feel the difference like i was explaining a little earlier at some point in my life i was living in the united states and i lived in tennessee and michigan michigan i was in a french american school but in tennessee i was in a only like American school everything was in English and I didn't speak English at the time I was the only French person so I really did feel a difference because you know there was not a lot of internationals whereas going to an international school there are a lot more people that are in the same situation you know and are living the same thing as you are it really is different so school also plays a big part I think Yeah, yeah, that's so true because I really did notice a difference with how my experience was to in comparison to how my sister's experience was because that was different. She was in an all German school, but I was in an international school. So, it is really different and school does really have an impact on how like your experience goes. Mm-hmm. So that's so true. Yeah, yeah. And um I want to come back quickly to what you were saying earlier of, you know, having some challenges when you move abroad and i think you know that's normal because it is a big change in your life but you were also explaining how you can also find strengths in those challenges so do you want to talk a little bit more about that and about how you yeah found strengths in your challenges i guess <laughs> the language was one of the hardest one of the struggles that i had and not only because of the difficulty level but because i started noticing that i started losing confidence in myself and um that was very very i didn't expect like i knew that there were going to be difficulties because when you start something you knew that there were going to be difficulties but with time you know that it's going to be imp- it's, you're going to improve you're going to get better and that it's all going to be worth it after graduating from school i started learning at a learning center and there i had to go through a series of levels to be able to reach the level i needed to be able to continue my studies at the university so one once i was in the learning center i was really seeing progress i was really excited to be learning and i really really did feel like i was improving when i was at the learning center i really felt confident because i saw how much i was improving but the minute i would step out I'd step out of the learning center. That's when I felt like I was so anxious to just even talk or like I even just as simple as doing paperwork or talking or saying just doing anything. I was so so anxious and I didn't know why. And also what I noticed was the higher levels I went. So I started off at the beginning and then when I went to B1 or B B1.2 I started noticing that my confidence was decreasing instead of increasing and I was talking to family or relatives about it and they they said I thought the more you learn something the more you feel confident with it mm-hmm. but for me the opposite was happening the more I was learning the more I was losing confidence in myself because I was always so anxious to talk I was so anxious to make mistakes to maybe not form the right sentences and because you're you're at a higher level you're expected to know more or be more yeah. like better i understand right? what you mean yeah yeah and it was it was the total opposite was happening with me i was losing more confidence the more i went up with the level mm-hmm. and especially outside the learning center because pe- the minute you start talking people think oh okay she knows how to speak because they don't know you're learning and then you make a mistake or something and then it feels so embarrassing just in the middle of the conversation you notice you made a mistake and then it's just it really decreases your confidence 
And that was something that was so new to me because I thought the more you learn something, the more you would feel confident at it. But the opposite was happening with me. And it happened to me up until I even started university because I was so scared to even start a conversation in the language. Mm, and yeah. I stopped talking. And that was something that was just, I needed to talk to learn, but I was so scared to mm-hmm. talk. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand what you mean. Like when you were explaining, it made me think of uh, me with Spanish because I lived more than four years in Mexico. And so I learned Spanish. So I, I speak Spanish, you know, and I can understand Spanish. So there's really no problem. But because I know that I speak Spanish, I'm not a beginner, you know, like I can have conversations and everything. But I know that my accent is not perfect. So I really have a problem with my accent. And every time I'm kind of anxious to speak to people in Spanish, even though I want to, because I'm like, yeah, but I I know how to speak Spanish. So it's going to be more awkward if I make a mistake or if my accent is not good because I should speak it perfectly. Like, I don't know if it makes any sense, but when you have a certain pressure and you're like, okay, I speak the language, so I should just speak it. You feel even more embarrassed, I think, when you speak it not that good. I don't know. Yeah, it's so true. Mm Because as you said, I did notice that I was understanding so much more. Mm -hmm. And in my head, when I would form sentences, I would feel like I'm ready. But the minute I would want to talk, I didn't want to because Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm not ready. I don't want to say anything. And then sound weird, especially with the accent. That was something I struggled with a Mm -hmm. lot because I sounded foreign. Like I sounded as a foreigner because I wasn't going to be fluent, but that was such a struggle for me because I knew that I was sticking out. Like mm-hmm. it's just the minute I spoke, the, that's when they knew I was a foreigner. Yeah, but it's an interesting comment because you would think, okay, once you know how to speak the language, that's it. You know, you're part of the, I don't know, you cannot say really part of the culture, but that's it. Now you are integrated, you're adapting Mm -hmm. to the culture but now what you're actually saying is well the minute you speak the language but you still have the accent you're kind of still you know not really yeah integrated exactly because you would think that once you would learn it you'd feel more okay into the adapting process but then it's like it's frustrating when you still feel like you're still sticking out you know and that was such a struggle that was so so hard yeah yeah like even in in english me, for example, I, I did high school in English. I stopped French studies when I was 15 and now I'm 21. And from my 15 years old <laughs> to now, I've only been in the English system. You know, I did high school in English. Now I'm at university also studying in English. I basically speak more English than I speak French. More English as in like, I don't speak French every day, but I speak English every day. But still people tell me, you know, you have a French accent. And I'm like, so what do I have to do to stop having this French accent? It's still, even though you do effort or you study in that language, you still have that accent that like follows you everywhere. Yeah. With English, even though I spoke it and I started school in English, I never really did um, Arabic at school, except the, the language, the, the language Arabic at school. But Otherwise, I had all the other subjects in English, Mm -hmm. but I don't have an accent that would, you know, an American would sound American and a British would sound British. But for me, like I didn't sound anything (laughs) like not anything, but I didn't sound. I don't know when you when you, for example, people who aren't aren't from America, but grew up, grew up in America, they would adapt an American accent. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even though I did speak English my whole, the whole time, Mm -hmm. I don't have an accent that would show that I would speak it. I understand what you mean. But it's, Mm -hmm. the accent really does play a role. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I was saying I have an accent in English. It's not really, it's not that it's annoying, but it's just, I feel that I will never speak English perfectly. And you're saying the opposite, that you don't have an accent when you speak English. So it's funny yeah. to have like that kind of mirror. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. Language is complicated, true. Yeah. yeah, but just to clarify, so after high school, you decided to learn German. So mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about, learning German, to go to university. So you wanted to go to a German university that's why you did that entire process yeah I was like already in Germany I looked at a lot of universities and um, I applied 
in the UK. I even applied to the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why. I think just things, I, I guess things were meant to just continue in Germany. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so then I studied, well, I didn't completely, well, I don't know how to say this, but I knew that I wanted, I knew the field that I wanted to study in. And I knew that while searching and looking for universities to go to, the field that I was going to study in didn't have so many English-oriented programs. Mm -hmm. And so when I was like coming across so many things, I came across the program that I'm in right now. And it's a program that does a bit of English and a bit of German. And yeah, so the first first three semesters, you kind of have more English courses than German. And then starting from your third semester, you have mostly all German courses. But even that was the only thing that I found that had a bit of English in it. Everything else was fully German. And I didn't feel ready enough to directly start with everything in German because I didn't have the terminology. You know, uni terminology is so much different than when you're just learning Mm -hmm. day to or like day to day life. I don't know how to say this, but like it's so much different when you're learning at a learning center, just how to start speaking or how to order things or those things. When you're at uni, the terminology is going to be so much harder and I didn't feel ready enough to start fully in German because I didn't have that much or I didn't have that level Mm -hmm. and I needed a C1 for that and I only was able to reach a B2 okay and so when I came across the 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 program that had a bit of English I really liked it because I said I would ease into German I would totally try to manage the German courses uh, yeah like the German oriented courses in my first two semesters. And then I would slowly, slowly learn more terminology as I went along. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason I chose this program. But to kind of come back to the question about, you know, having challenges, but then at the end, yeah, you find strengths, then we could say that basically it was challenging for you to learn German. But then at the end, because of that process, you were able to go to a German university in Germany. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. even though it was the, one of the hardest challenges and I struggled so much with a lot of aspects to it, right now, without it, I wouldn't be able to study at university. So my biggest challenge became my biggest asset. Yeah, well, that's a great motivational <laughs> sentence. <Yeah. laughs> to know that it's true, you know, that, um, I mean, like you said, now you're able to study in a German university and continue your studies so you can be proud of yourself also you know to (laughs) pursuing uh, the the goal is that English what I'm saying right now like the goal as in study wise right yeah or yeah so now just so that we can go towards the end of the episode we will also talk about civil engineering which is the field that you decided to choose for your studies and when preparing this episode you explained to me that the places where you lived influenced your kind of interest towards the field of civil engineering so do you want to explain a little bit how yeah so first right now I'm majoring in civil engineering but Mm -hmm. when I started my when I started my university program um, it was general engineering because the program didn't have specific civil engineering so I was I was like okay it's pretty much I have to do all the major courses from all different engineering the first two semesters Mm -hmm. and I was like even though in my mind I wanted civil engineering because of I was always really really interested in it even when I was living in Qatar I was, I always saw it as something that I was so interested in. Also, Qatar really grew a lot over just the last decade. And while I was there, while I was living there, um, I would just see how much just land would turn into 
like buildings and just the whole construction of them and all these things. And I really was so interested to learn how these things were done. Mm -hmm. So whenever I, I feel like the whole time I was there while I was growing, the, the city was growing as well. There were so many like innovation and, and projects that were done. And that was like, I looked at those projects and I would look at the engineers working on that site. And I would say that's so something that I look forward to, to want to do in the future. Mm -hmm. And so every time I would look at it, I would just, I was like so inspired that I wanted to do that. When I was, when I later started my studies at the university, because I was doing so many other court majors, um, at, at least the first three, the first three semesters, I was studying not just civil engineering, but I was doing so much other, mm -hmm. um, so many other courses from different types of engineering, like a bit mm -hmm. of mechanical and electrical engineering. And then I kind of kept an open mind that I might like something else. Okay. But at the end of the day, <laughs> when I really came to choose my major, I just, I really just lean towards civil engineering the most. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, but that's quite maybe not rare, but um, still maybe a bit rare to like have uh, interest when you were like young. I don't know when you mm -hmm. first had the interest, if you were like a kid or a teenager and to actually still want to do that um, when you're uh, older. So at university, I know me, for example, uh, what I'm doing right now, I didn't think I was going to do that at all. So I think it's it's nice that you, you know, that you were really interested in those studies for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. even when I did come to study, I knew that that was something that I was interested to learn in. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how it was going to be when I really entered, because there was going to be a possibility where maybe something you thought you might like, you might not like at the end. Mm -hmm. So this is why when I entered the the when I entered my program, I was keeping an open mind that I might lean towards something else because maybe just what I expected was not something, what I thought would I would like, I wouldn't mm -hmm. at the end. But yeah, yeah at the end, I did choose to major in civil engineering, so. <laughs> oh, that's nice. And I think most people have an idea of what engineering is, but civil engineering, could you tell us um, in a few words what, what it means? Yeah, so civil engineering usually involves many, many different things and you can major more into it later on in the mm -hmm. future. Civil engineering is mostly engineering um, that is to do or like to do with the construction site, how the buildings are done. Um, it's also to do with how you can protect them from mm -hmm. whether it's whether it's fire or how do you have to protect them from cold or heat or or mold or all of these things it, that's like to do with buildings and that's what I'm interested in but you can also have things to do with just bridges and just sewage systems it can be like it can vary it can mm -hmm. vary so much and my interest is really into just the building sites and the construction sites of it but it can vary into so many different aspects Okay, yeah, that's very interesting. It's not a, I think, a job that you're introduced to in high school. Yeah, true, because you're mostly taught about um, just the fields themselves. And I think yeah. we talked about this before, just how much in one field there could be so many different jobs that you can mm -hmm. find in one field. Yeah. Like, yeah. even though I am studying civil engineering, Later on, what I want to do, whatever I want to like master, whatever I want to do next, I really want to look into more of the management part of engineering or like civil engineering, like the managing management part, just how much would this cost or the whole project, how much would that cost? And it's just so much wide range of wide range of variety that you can do in one field. So Yeah, that's very interesting. And like I said, I think people mostly think of engineering, but don't necessarily realize that in engineering, you also have a lot of different branches and specializations. And at the end, it's kind of like this for everything, you know, 
in one type of job, if we may say it like that, there's like hundreds and hundreds of other jobs. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. even in like one project, just as, for example, a building or construction project, just how many different types of engineers are also related because you don't only have like a civil engineer on site, you also have the architect, you also have the environmental engineer, like you have so many engineers on the site. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's so much you can do in one field that you don't realize it until after you enter university. (laughs) Yeah, that's the problem. (laughs) Like in high school, you don't really, I mean, I know I didn't realize it. So I think you only, I mean, I don't know if it's a problem, but in high school, I feel like you kind of think of five or 10 options, but you don't realize that there's like thousands and thousands of exactly because you're looking at the fields in general and you're not Mm -hmm. really looking into each field specifically yeah I remember like in high school worrying because I didn't know whether that field that I was picking I was gonna like it but even if you didn't like something in your field you can always switch around Mm -hmm. within the field you choose so yeah it's not a big problem and I feel like in high school you have to choose something and you think that's what you're going to stick to the whole time, but it doesn't have to be the case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for everything also, I'm just thinking like randomly of something, but law, for example, if you think you want to do law, you know, you can be a lawyer, you can be a judge, you can work in an organization, you can work in an NGO, you can work in the government, you can in one, again, I'm saying type of job, I don't know if it's the best term to use, but you can have like a lot of different positions and you know that's something that you don't necessarily consider I think when you're in high school yeah yeah that's so true because I saw so much more after I went into the field and so many more options you could choose of where I didn't really know of before I entered my Mm -hmm. field yeah okay well thank you Tolin I really liked our conversation And I think we talked about a lot of different aspects of growing up abroad. And it's really nice to have your perspective. And yeah, we talked about your experience and also your studies. So if people are interested in civil engineering now, you know more about the the topic. And also, I liked how um, you shared the message that, you know, even if you have a goal and it seems hard or challenging it doesn't mean you can't achieve that goal and that's a that's a nice message so yeah thank you very much Choline for doing this episode with me thank you so much for having me it was really really fun thank you yeah it was really nice yes and thank you to everyone who was listening don't hesitate to send me any feedback on the Instagram account of the podcast which is the life they live underscore podcast and i'll see you next time on the new episode bye